Chapter 3. I can make you a man. Sorting. Male or female. Male. I just spent the last several decades as a male. I wasn't sure I'd be able to make the mental adjustment needed to live as a female. There are five unique races to choose from. Brownie, male. Considered vassals for the Sealy, light court. They are often overlooked and undervalued. They are traditional craftsmen and do well with shoemaking, tailoring, and cooking. Often happy becoming craftsmen of households. They are fiercely loyal to those they have chosen to serve. They are tricksters by nature and become furious when slighted. Perks, high natural magic affinity to crafting skills. Negative traits, physical and combat receive racial penalties. Unable to gain elemental summoning class. Slaw, male, considered the monsters of the unseelie, dark court. They are fearsome hunters and can be summoned by the huntsmen to avenge wrongs. Oathbreakers and traitors have no saving throw against slaw. They have been summoned to the hunt. Unsummoned slaw make their homes in communes, often governed by a hive mother. They have retractable weapons that are hidden within tail sheaths that are barbed and poisoned. Perks. High natural weapon damage and magic resistance. Negative traits. Magic and spells affinities receive racial penalties. Unable to gain craftsman or builder class. Buka. Male. A form of hobgoblin considered the foot soldiers for the unseelie, dark court. These creatures are male sea spirits that can transform and shapeshift. Forms include hobgoblin and mermen. They have the ability to live on land or in the ocean. Perks. Has high water and air magic abilities and affinities. Bonus experience to all water-related classes. Negative traits. This creature can be summoned and bound by others. Seely unseely hybrid, male. The result of a rape of a seely woman by an unseely male. This individual is technically considered seely, like court, because race classification is matriarchal. The rarest of all sea, the potential for hybrids is unknown because each develops uniquely. Perks. Hybrids have magic, armor, and weapon affinities. Negative traits. Negative faction and reputation with both Seelie and Unseelie races. Kelpie, male, shape-shifting water spirit, liked court. This individual has three forms, horse, water serpent, and humanoid. Their abilities to understand both land and water makes these species efficient, farmers, fishers, and herders. Often blamed for luring unwary travelers to their deaths by drowning, they have the ability to curse those who wronged them. Perks. Strong natural attack and defense abilities. Resistance to water, magic, and lightning. Negative traits. Weak in mental magic and defense. Reading through the descriptions, I discounted the Bucha right away. I did not want to spend what could be a big slice of eternity as someone else's slave or indentured servant. I also discounted the Kelpie. Being able to shapeshift might be fun, but I figured I would have enough problems acclimating without the bother of doing it in three forms. Of the remaining choices, only the hybrid really interested me. The slaw and brownie 
seem more servant and subservient. And although the hybrid may have problems, it appeared his species was considered part of the ruling class. Plus, I could change my faction to Unseelie if I found the Seelie faction to be too problematic. Something to consider if that became necessary. I would like to examine the Seelie Unseelie hybrid, please. Seelie Commander, name, health pool, 120, magic strength, 100, strength, 4, agility, 6, intellect, 5, willpower, 5, affinity, earth, 10%, air, 30%, water, 10%, fire, 65%, nature, 40%, death, 10%, mind, 15%, skills, one-handed sword, apprentice rank, medium shield, apprentice rank, light, medium, apprentice rank, perception, apprentice rank, spells, fire, fire blast, nature, heal self, air, wind blast, air plus fire, light globe, portal, summerland, random. The screens displayed appear to be like most MMORPGs I'd played, but there were small differences. No charisma, luck, constitution, for example. Not surprising, most games work to make the user experience as unique as possible. Why shouldn't real life be the same? I had no idea what the upper limits for stats were set at, so I was unsure if I was looking at an average build or not. It was interesting that skills came with ranks above beginner. I could only assume that was because I was stepping into the life of an existing character and would benefit from his life experiences. And if I had so many affinities, why did I only have spells in the fire, nature, and air elements? Can you interpret what I'm looking at? For example, strength is four. I have no idea if that is high, average, or low. Four out of what? Status points are awarded from one to 18, with a further caveat that all four beginning status pools, when combined, cannot exceed 20. For the average Sealy Unsealy individual, a three would be considered normal. Skills, spells, and portals are listed based on selections made in real life. These parameters cannot be changed. Some simple cosmetic changes can be allowed. Remember, you are assuming a life already in progress. Changes that are made need to conform to rules and laws for the universe that you will be transmigrated to. There is nothing I can do to enhance this character? I have all those character creation points left, and nothing to spend them on? In very rare instances, as part of the ascension process, a transformative event occurs. Unique individuals with divine bloodlines and lineages are allowed to awaken that bloodline, to mutate into an advanced class. This individual whose life you will be assuming has two of these latent bloodlines. Lineages that can be traced through both parents, neither of which has been discovered. He can trace his matriarchal lineage, his Seelie bloodline, to Belaros, a Celtic being considered the god of healing and light. Selecting this mutation will allow you to awaken this lineage and receive a power boost that gains this individual the ability to take advantage of those latent abilities and talents associated with the activation of an advanced class. The cost to make this upgrade 
includes paying 20,000 additional character points. Generating upgrade. Displaying advanced character. Upgraded status. Advanced class, prince. Name. Health pool, 2,400. Magic strength, 3,600. Strength, 12. Agility, 12. Intellect, 18. Willpower, 18. Affinity, earth, 15%. Air, 32%. Water, 15%. Fire, 85%. Nature, 70%. Death, 15%. Mind, 55%. Skills, one-handed sword, master rank. Dagger, journeyman rank. Medium shield, master rank. Light, medium, heavy armor, master rank. Perception, expert rank. Belarus Aura, an ability associated with those whose lineage and bloodline trace back to the god Belarus. Allows the user to create a fiery aura that protects the individual, heals damage, and inflicts burning effect damage to enemies. Vassals, two per rank. Companion's Gift, able to bind two companions. Spells, Nature's Blessing, allows the individual to commune with and claim lands and bind with the land spirit. The binding process works both ways. The individual is claimed by the land as much as the land is claimed by the individual. Fire, Fire Blast, Fire, Shield, Nature, Heal Self, Nature, Heal Other, Air, Wind Blast, Air, Gale Force, Air plus Fire, Light Globe, Portal, Summerland, Personal Lands. Advancement has upgraded this person from a commoner to a prince. He has fully embraced the latent abilities of his mother's bloodline. This advancement opens the perks and abilities that he, as a commoner, would never have access to. Statistics have changed from a beginning pool of 20 to 40, with an upper limit for this rank changed to 80 for the prince rank. As a prince, you will have the ability to recruit vassals, enter into bonds with companions, and claiming or creating a kingdom. Kingdoms and land ownership are their own kind of bond. The claim works both ways, and by claiming, you are also being claimed by the land. I admit, I was stunned by the difference. The character was so much more powerful based on stats alone. But when you factored in the aura, spells, and skills that had been added, it was not only a qualitative upgrade, it was quantitative. It would change my playstyle. I doubt a prince would be allowed to be unassuming or invisible. But it would open so many opportunities. I'd be a fool not to take advantage of the upgrade. It also made me realize that I may need to stop thinking of this as a game. This wasn't going to affect my playstyle. This was my life. What's meant by magic strength? Is that the mana pool? Magic doesn't work exactly like the games you are used to playing. You do cast known spells using energy. Energy, will, and intent are required for spells to work and results to happen. But unlike those games you are familiar with, mana and mana pools do not exist. Magic strength is exactly what it sounds like. The amount of energy and power you can apply to the spells you cast. You cannot run out of mana. 
Spells have a cast time, but that is the only limitation to their use. Damage and the effects of spells cast are checked against the target's resistance and armor to determine how successful you were in combat. The higher your spell strength, the higher the chance you have to do increased damage or for effects to extend over time. Do I level with experience? And if I do, do stats increase? Are there limits? I asked. Experience can be accumulated in various manners. Fighting, crafting, studying, questing, leading, and discovery to name a few. As you gain experience, you do level. Statistics increase based on the method you used to gain experience. If you are fighting, strength and agility would increase much faster than intelligence. Unless you're using a fighting style that employed spellcraft, then the increase may be more uniform. Because your race is so long-lived, a method to advance ranks exists to keep levels in check. Ranks include peon, commoner, squire, knight, lord, duke, prince, king, demigod, and god. Each rank has 10 levels, and the level experience required to advance between ranks increases by a factor of 10. Peon to commoner requires 1,000 experience points. Commoner to squire requires 10,000. Squire to knight, 100,000. Because levels are reset to 1 each time advancement occurs, levels can be deceiving. A level 1 lord is exponentially more powerful than a level 1 knight. But when you consider billions and trillions of experience points required to advance to the god tier, that only makes sense. A final restriction has been implemented. Individuals that reach level 10 in any rank can only be promoted to the next higher rank by right of challenge, battling, and proving their right to ascend a rank, or by elevation. They may be rewarded with the advancement in rank by a higher ranked liege lord. Additionally, the experience is held in abeyance, potential until actualized. The energy gains from experience, the potential, is stored in the body until the individual makes a conscious choice to proceed and integrate those gains. This is done through a method of meditation. The individual must learn to harness the stored energy from claimed experience and make it a part of their foundation. If I chose the advanced class, will I have enough karmic creation points left to get a respawn perk? Will I be able to choose my name? And you said I would be able to make changes to appearance. I guess that means I couldn't add wings, tails, or horns. I wonder if I could alter the individual's biology enough to secrete poisons or pheromones that alter emotions? No matter. I knew what I was going to do. I choose the C Prince with the respawn option and the best equipment and bags of holding if they exist that I can purchase with the remaining 500 creation points. Initializing. For a moment, I wondered if anything was happening. Unfortunately, that question was soon answered when my soul began to experience a drastic time and space distortion. My soul, the part of me that existed in that moment and place, began to spin faster and faster, twisting and creating a strange Mobius strip of energy as my consciousness and soul were compacted smaller 
and smaller until a singularity of pure energy. An event horizon was formed that encapsulated my existence. The white light that I had failed to experience at my death was made manifest at my birth, and I felt movement, the sensation like pouring water. As I traveled the pathway of creation, my soul took form, muscles, nerves, and blood coalesced, and as they were formed, I filled the spaces that made up my new body. The experience was both painful and frightening, but being born often is. I blinked my eyes, eyes that were capable of vision. I took a breath, acutely aware of the byplay of my muscles, smells, and lungs as my senses began awakening. Sight, smell, sound, touch, and something I couldn't identify a kind of awareness that seemed to extend beyond my body, a mental muscle I'd never flexed before that was able to interpret my surroundings. Am I alive? I asked in wonder. Yes and no. You have merged with your new body, but are outside of time. You have not yet entered the warp and weave of reality. You can act, but don't yet exist as you fine-tune and complete the creation process. Say or think character status to open a screen that allows you to see yourself as if you were looking in a mirror. Choose a name. Once that has been accomplished, you may experiment with adjusting your physical appearance until satisfied. When you have completed this process, simply say, save character, and we will continue to the final step. I don't suppose there's a browser or interface I can make use of that allows me to research Belarus and select an appropriate name for his pantheon? Google search does not exist in this place, but I will allow you to interact with your body's former host. He should be able to guide your choice. That feeling I'd just experienced as I entered this host's body began again. The field of energy that I could identify that surrounded my body began to compact and twist until it coalesced into another Mobius strip of light and energy, exploding in a polytechnic display of colors. A small glowing ball of blue, red, and green light was left hovering two feet in front of me, flickering instances of light and color emanating from the ball of energy, tethering the energy construct and me together. I realized after watching for a few moments that the pattern matched my heartbeat. Hello? I said in confusion. Greetings. Who are you? I asked. S-Prime has explained to me that I failed in my attempt to ascend and have died. This form is an astral energy form that will allow my soul and yours to communicate. I should have been recycled and reincarnated, but your request has given me the opportunity to choose to help you. I thought the offer interesting, so agreed. S-Prime has tasked me with guiding you, both here and when you return to the mortal realm, to explain the world, offer advice, and help you acclimate to your surroundings and the people you will encounter. It has enhanced my memories, expanded my knowledge of the world and the powers that influence the universe at large. My very own spirit guide? I asked. The humor probably lost on my new guide. S-Prime has allowed me to choose a name that would be appropriate for my new advanced ranking, Something that befits the bloodline of a descendant of Belarus. But I have no idea what name would be appropriate. I thought you might be able to help. 
I said, getting to the point. Belaros was one of the original gods of Telahum. The world you will live on. His dominion included those abilities that allowed for healing. Additionally, he contained and controlled the energy of the sun, often worshipped as the shining god or fair shining one. His aura of flame and light could be used for either healing or as a weapon depending on his intentions. He is still celebrated by the sea during the Beltine Festival, the first day of summer, to honour the return of the sun after winter and to pray for good crops and healthy livestock. Married to the goddess Grian, the goddess most often considered the sun herself, they were able to procreate five children, most noticeably the goddess Brighid. Brighid considered the goddess of fire and light married Dagda, a god of agriculture and fertility, and the couple bore five children, Sermate, Engis, Midir, Rudan, and Bodreg. This couple were considered the ultimate progenitors and the wellspring for the Tuatha de Danann and Talam pantheon of gods. C are the offspring of these gods and goddesses, although most people today try to forget that all C have celestial parents, and not just the Seelie or Unseelie. Of Belarus's male offspring, Alaunus, Gronf Pierbriar, Granus, and Sulus inherited his abilities to affect the sun, healing or both. Perhaps one of those personages would be acceptable to use as a title? Or a derivative? What about your name or your parents? I don't know my parents' name. Being a hybrid half seely, half unseely, comes with great stigma. My mother abandoned me soon after my birth. I guess I should be grateful that she didn't murder me instead. For a time, I was raised by lesser sea. The brownies, fetches, and redcaps of my liege lord Kel in his castle. My name was Odhark. Translated roughly, it means the hated one or despised. I suggest you change your name to Mac, as well as assume the bloodline de Belleros. Mac de Belleros translates to son of Belleros, and it should offer a bit of protection when you step out of the Ascension Chamber, because it establishes a clear relationship between you and Belleros, and it will appear to those that met you that he has marked you with his favour. Not much protection, granted, but it should help, at least in the beginning, until you make enemies brave enough or stupid enough to ignore your heritage. What is the word for friend? I wondered. Carrot. Then I shall call you Carrot, I decided. We will be together for a long time, and I refuse to think of you as hated or despised. I'm sorry you died, but maybe together we can put right some of the wrongs you experienced? And I hope we will become friends. Not just a symbiotic partnership, but a real friendship. It would be nice to not have to answer to Odhog again. Thank you. Carrot is a suitable name. I will try to become your true friend. S-Prime, I would like to be known as Mac de Belleros. Accepted. Do you wish to make any changes to your appearance? Glancing at my character sheet and the paper doll displayed there, I rotated the image so I could view the 3D representative of my current body. Male, lean, an average-looking young man, 
really just a boy, but wounded somehow. I'm not sure how S-Prime was able to duplicate that impression in a caricature model, but you could tell this young man had lived a life of pain. Carrot, can you give me some help? If you could change your appearance, be someone strong, charismatic, someone the Seely or Unseely would notice and respect, what would you do? The eyes and hair need to be changed. They should take on the aspect of your element. Eyes the color of the shining sun, with flecks of orange, reds, yellows, and blues. Hair neatly trimmed, but layered in the colors of a roaring fire. So as the hair moves, it gives the appearance of fire dancing. Add 12 inches or so to height. Seely and Unseely are all exceptionally tall. Some muscle definition to the arms, chest, and back. Square the jawline. Finally, emphasize the contours of the ears. The more purebred a C is, the higher the chance they have that their ears will curve into graceful and noticeable peaks. S-Prime had been sculpting, highlighting, and adding the physical characteristics Carrot described, almost before he finished speaking. As Carrot finished his description, I again began rotating the 3D image. I had to admit, the new model was stunning. The young man was beautiful, as well as intimidating. His aura seemed to have changed from that of a wounded victim to that of a benevolent prince. This man cared about you, and had the abilities and resilience to protect those he cared for. I was about to notify S-Prime that the current selection was acceptable, but again, it anticipated my decision. For the final step, familiarize yourself with the way of your skills, auras, and spells work. Can you teach me how spells and skills work? I asked Carrot. Spells and skills can be displayed separately from your status screen. Simply think or say status spells, or status skills, and the system will show you what abilities you have. I only had the light spell before I was forced to attempt ascension, so I can talk you through how that spell was cast. That should be enough for you to identify the components of spellcraft. The principles are the same, no matter what spell you cast. Status spell, I said, watching to see what happened. Carrot was right. An abbreviated status window pops up, listing my only spells. Nature's blessing allows the individual to commune with and claim lands while binding the land spirit. The binding process works both ways. The individual is claimed by the land as much as the land is claimed by the individual. Fire, fire blast. Fire, absorb shield. Nature, heal self. Nature, heal other. Air, wind blast. Air, gale force. Air plus fire, light globe. Portal, summer land, personal lands. To start, gather your awareness and attempt to isolate and embrace that field of energy that surrounds you. Casting a spell requires three components. You need to collect that energy, shape it and force it to condense, and say a trigger word to release the spell. You can set the trigger word to whatever you'd like, you can instead use a gesture if that is easier. It's the intent that matters. The act simply works as a focus and as a release for the intent. Will, focus, intent. The components of effective magic. Learn this in any spell as possible. Closing my eyes and concentrating, I released and expanded my mental perceptions, easily embracing the energy field Carrot had mentioned. Once found, I began the next step and tried to focus on that energy, 
trying to remember the feelings that I experienced when S-Prime manipulated that field to summon Carrot. I extended that mental muscle and discovered that there was an ease and versatility involved in trying to manipulate and control it. How to condense it had me stumped for a moment until I remembered the Mobius strips of energy Carrot and I had both experienced when entering our current bodies. Manipulating the energies, those isoteric particles that I had collected, I began spinning and twisting those forces until the energy was in the pattern and shape I wanted. The only way I could think of to condense those energies was to spin the fields faster and faster. I spent a moment or two increasing the speed, fighting fluctuations and shaping and compressing the form until I was happy with what I had created. Opening my eyes, I looked at Carrot and said, Light. A brilliant eruption of forms, as a firework of spinning colors, and energy coalesced into a ball of light. Oh man, it worked. I just created a ball of light. I have magic. Good. You do the exact same thing for any spell you want to cast. Just remember, intent limits purpose. If you want to cast Focus Fire, gather the energy and trigger the spell Fire, the intent you want to accomplish with a release word or gesture. Skills and auras work on the same principle, but are really more instinctive. If you've learned a skill, you just know how to use it. It's like muscle memory. Once learned, the body remembers, and it is always there. The exceptions are auras and triggered skills. Those take intent to activate, but you don't have to gather energy or use a trigger word. Just the desire to activate those effects are all that is needed to activate. Reincarnation protocols complete. Releasing status. Enjoy your new life. What? Wait! 